Support the Amigos podcast and keep the Amiga goodness flowing for just a dollar a month. Visit our page at patreon.com slash Amigos podcast. Amiga, the first personal computer that gives you a creative edge. Amigos, the podcast about everything Amiga. Amigos is a proud member of the Throwback Network, your home for quality retro podcasts. And now, here are your hosts, Aaron Dowdy and John Bodovkar Schaller. Hi everybody, welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today we're going to talk about FA-18 Interceptor. Ooh. But before we do, uh, we've got some feedback. Um, John Paul Parker wrote in from uh, Adelaide, Australia. Mm. And he says, yeah, he says, been listening to as far back as iTunes will let me about 25 episodes. He says, I'm obviously an Amiga fan. My main rig is an Amiga 1200 with a 6830, uh, 50 megahertz processor with FPU, 32 megabytes of fast RAM, 4 gig compact flash card connected to a 15 inch LCD with the GBS 8200 upscaler. Which you're, we living, know. you're living the dream, sir. We know all about the GBS mm-hmm. 8200. Um, he says he also has an Amiga 600 with 2 megs of chip RAM and a 9.5 megabyte fast RAM and 4 and other flash card storage device, plus two A500s in a bag on the shelf. Very good, so sir. Very good. He's living large. Uh, John Paul, thanks for listening. You need to hook up with Hucker. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right across the uh, right across the ocean there. Um, thanks for listening and uh, yeah. welcome to the show. Um, we got a we got a question <laughs> from a guy on Twitter. All right, his name's just Ha H A. Yeah, and he says Asian fellow. No, I don't think so. I think it might be. I, I saw his picture. He did not look Asian, yeah. um, but you know, looks can be deceiving. He says, I have a question that might be a bit stupid. And it's just the place that's, for That's what we're, that's <laughs> that's what we're here for. Um, he said, do you know of any Amiga games that you could use, that, uh, you could use Atari paddles with? Hmm. Well, no. Short answer, no. The long answer is... Atari paddles will do weird stuff when you hook them up to a game that doesn't support paddles. So there's probably some, some something out there that you could use them for. I don't know. It's kind of a shame that um, given that they have that that DB9 or whatever that that connector is, that they didn't they didn't come up with anything. But you're right. All the kind of pong sort of games. Can you name any console with that DB9 setup that did that used the paddles for sure. anything? The Atari 8 bits. No, I mean the non-Atari con like oh. anything. Well, I mean, any non-Atari like a Sega or a you're uh, you're limited to the the Genesis and the Amiga. No C64. Did that use the same sort of thing? Mm-hmm. I'm sure the C64 had paddle games. I'm sure. That's a good question. That's not a stupid question. It's not. Um, and anyone might, out there hearing anything? Yeah, there might be some Amiga games. I mean, too. Amiga had a, a Arkanoid. Mm-hmm. Um, both Arkanoids, I believe. Mm-hmm. I know they at least had Revenge of Doe. Mm-hmm. So. We should try that. I've got paddles. Yeah. Let's hook them up. Yeah. Yeah. You know? But I don't think they'll work. We'll but try it. I've got a trackball, too, and it, it you can hook it up and do stuff to non-trackball games. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this is non-Amiga related, but important for you. This weekend is the official Cocoa Weekend. Woo! 
So I found out I found out about this from Eric Nelson on Twitter. Um, he's always posting great stuff. Uh, he's got his Coco set up, and did you know that the Coco has a floppy emulator? I did know that. Yes, I looked into it, and uh, not having a Coco, <laughs> it uh, didn't do me a bit of good. Cocos used to be a dirt cheap, dirt cheap. Well, they went up, mm. especially the one I would want. What's the one you would which want? Which is the, the Coco Three, three mm-hmm. which is what I used to have. I had two and three, and uh, the Coco has went up substantially, especially the threes, mm-hmm. which is the most sought after one. I love the Coco. I don't see myself seeking one out unless I find a deal. Mm-hmm. Um, I can emulate them halfway decently, you know. The Coco was a fickle beast sometimes to full of software and stuff, so being able to use a mess or something does make it easier to handle. Sometimes you gotta you gotta school me on mess because I, I don't Well mess doesn't exist anymore. They sort of sucked it into the main mess and main were effectively they were the same mm-hmm. program. They just sort of catered to different things. Well they they went to back together, mm-hmm. which I've found that recently. Because I've got MAME on my computer, obviously, and it's the MAME that says that it includes MESS. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, are you literally just, like, dropping emulators and ROMs into different directories to make that work? or It it's it can be tricky. And, and to be honest with you, I'm not full with the new uh, setup enough to, to give you an answer. So... Probably this winter I'll have a little more time. Okay. I'll fool with it. Because I'd love to. Because uh, I've been trying to update the arcade machine. Using one program like that to, to access everything in a sort of the same way that the Xbox does such a great job with. Mm-hmm. But just on the PC would be would be great. Um, so uh, we've been more active on Twitch lately. I wanted to bring this to people's minds. Because when we started the podcast, we did a little <laughs> bit of streaming on Twitch. But uh, then we just kind of stopped for some reason. I don't know why. I think when I updated OBS to the studio version, I just never put in our streaming key. Um, But now we're back on Twitch. There's a lot of stuff that I stream that I don't put up on YouTube, especially things that I screw up. So if you want to watch me like mess around with uh, FA-18 Interceptor and watch it crash multiple times and listen to me curse at it, um, you're uh, you can find all that on Twitch. And sometimes I play some arcade stuff and uh, just I saw it live, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> so um, that is Twitch.tv/AmigosPodcast. Um, side updates this week. Uh, we have many side updates. First yeah. of all, let's talk about some of what you've been up to on the site. Okay. You played uh, Popeye 2, right? I did. Tell us about Popeye 2. Uh, Popeye 2, from the uh, from the creative minds behind Huckleberry Hounds, Hollywood Capers. Uh, I loved Popeye 1, as I mentioned. and uh, Now, is Popeye 1, that's just the arcade game, Correct. Right? And I thought, well, let's see what these guys can do with the concept of Popeye. And they can't do much. Well... It, this game could have been good. It really, I think. It's not like they just slapped something together. It's more involved than Huckleberry Hound. <clears throat> but ironically, it's less playable. Um, it's difficult. It's kind of goofy, you know. Um, it's it's got an awesome it's got an awesome song mm-hmm. in it, you know. But uh, not a great game. Uh, so. But to complete my trilogy of Doom, I'm hoping this week to do uh, Top Cat. <laughs> if 
finally in townhouse. Oh, God. The, I can't remember who it was that said that was their the mascot for their bank in some other country. Yes. And I, I've, I've talked to a fellow, oh boy, I can't remember which guy it was. It was going to, about Popeye 2, or Popeye Wrestling, which is the third one. And uh, he offered to send me the uh, discs, but I did find them. I appreciate that. Uh, and uh, so that one's on the docket uh, sometime soon. Can't wait. Yeah. Uh, you also played a, a non-Amiga game called Pray for Death. Pray for Death. Uh, it was from the same outfit that did last week's game, Fighting Spirit. Um, it's a... I mentioned it last week. We touched on it. Sort of a um, Killer Instincts meets um, Mortal Kombat game for the PC. I played through the full game and uh, got to the end boss, beat him. So if you are interested in that sort of game... Uh, just for historical purposes, I don't plan on playing a ton of PC games on the show, but uh, for fun, I fired it up. I enjoyed it. Check it out if you're into that sort of thing. Um, speaking of non-Amiga things, I do plan on playing a lot of non-Amiga things, but uh, we'll keep them on a YouTube channel just to keep the blog free of, of that stuff. <laughs> uh, I'm starting a thing called Sunday Stream where uh, on Sundays, usually when my wife is taking her Sunday afternoon nap, mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to come down here and I'm going to play some PlayStation. Uh, I've got my PlayStation 2 set up right over there beside the computer. I love that <coughs> console. I mean, it's it's small. Like that, that particular form factor of the PS2, the PS2 Mini, it's small, it's compact, um, and... It just doesn't give you any problems. I, I bought it when I was living in Korea, and it's been all over the world with me. Um, I played, last week, I played a PS1 game called No One Can Stop Mr. Domino. I, I know that's one of your favorites. I, yeah. I was not surprised to see that pop up. Uh, and I've got, you know, six or seven <laughs> other games that we're just going to slowly work our way through. So if you're interested in seeing some non-Amiga stuff once a week, then uh, check out my, my Sunday streams. They'll go up. I'll do them live on Twitch. But then I'll also uh, put them up on our YouTube page too. It's funny. I never owned a PS2. I never, and I own almost everything, as you know. I never had the inkling to buy one. I never. I don't know if I've ever played with one. I don't know if I could name more than five games on it. That's a lie. I guarantee you could. Well, I mean, Street Fighter, right? That's going to be on there. Mortal Kombat's going to be on there. The usual stuff. But I mean, I'm talking like stuff that just came out on it. I don't know. Did they make a Crash Bandicoot for it, like on the first one? Well, they're you know they <clears throat> all the Final Fantasy, Metal Gear Solid. So yeah, none of that stuff. Did, I don't play any of that. You never played Metal Gear Solid. I played the first one for the NES. Um, the uh, and I'm not I'm not bad mouthing it. Don't get me wrong. I just Tony I, Hawk. I played that on the PlayStation. You never played the PS2 ones. No, I never. I I don't know anyone that really had a PS2 out to play it. Mm -hmm. I mean, honestly, mm -hmm. I just. Did, uh, it, uh, and, I don't, and I know it was a huge seller. Is it the greatest of all time? Or we're behind the Wii? Probably. It's way up there. Yeah. And so, with an enormous library, and I'm sure there's a wipeout for it and some other stuff. But most of the stuff that I can name would have been stuff that I put on the PlayStation 1. Yeah. Uh, and I just it's just one of those consoles, a lot like the GameCube, where I just I knew one guy that had a GameCube. Mm -hmm. So I played that a few little bit more, but I just didn't, uh, I didn't play much on it. That's sort of when I was coming out... I had Dreamcast too, so that was the same generation. Yeah, so. and uh, Dreamcast, awesome. So I'm sure that for you is sort of like the Dreamcast is. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I didn't have uh, I didn't have a Dreamcast till later, um, but yeah, the the PlayStation Two came. It was a little bit after the Dreamcast, 
Um, I remember the Dreamcast was big my freshman year of college, and that yeah. was 99. And uh, I got a PlayStation 2 my sophomore year of college. Um, but I, I have a lot of good memories. But again, most of the, my good memories were actually playing PlayStation 1 games on the PlayStation 2 because I never had a PS1. Yeah, understandable. Um, so, but I'm going to play. I've got a Harvest Moon game. I'm going to play... Uh, a couple other wacky Japanese games that I like. Um, Those disc-based systems worry me. Like, I've got a 3DO, perfect example. I went through all the games I got one time. I played a couple twice. But now I'm worried that I'm just going to, I'm going to break it. The CD32 is another perfect example. It's there. I, I always worry about the media and the motor. Right. right, but and, and I know you can't let that stop you and whatever. But well, I mean, it's just you know, what's the difference between a broken system and a system that you won't play? Nothing. Money. To be so honest you, with you, I mean, are you? Do you think you're going to sell these things down the road? The 3DO cost me a few bucks. The CD32 cost me a few bucks. I've got a PlayStation, for example. I've got a Dreamcast. This my, I'm on my second or third Dreamcast. Um, the parts are easier to get. Mm-hmm. Go find 3DO mechanisms. Or CD32, it's not that easy. Mm-hmm. You know, and it worries. I mean, Vectrix, perfect example. I love the Vectrix. I like to play it more than I do, which is seldom. But I mean, it's a finite, you know, it's, it's, these things, once they break, they're going to be a real bear. And I, I know if they break, I don't have the money to fix them. And that makes me paranoid. I mean, it's true. Yeah. You know, and the Amiga, <laughs> the Amiga itself, it's not like this. I mean, it's older than all those, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, for the most part. So. It's tough to be a retro gamer out there and be broke. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, what you could do, I mean, if if I was that worried, because the, the thing that I can equate that to is my record collection. Sure. Because I had a nice turntable, and I had a lot of expensive records. Yeah. And I got to the point where I was just afraid to play these things, because I was afraid my hand would brush the needle, and I'd scrape something, you know. Sure. And I just sold it, because I, I, I couldn't live like that. And I've got digital recordings of all those things. So the the thing that you miss out, and really the thing that <laughs> the, the one thing that you really can't emulate is the Vectrex. You That's know, the true. rest of the consoles. You're fine. I would never sell them, mm-hmm. and not just because I'm a selfish person who likes my consoles, because I'm giving them to my son, and so I want to present my son with working consoles. So there's that. I hope I hope that he he accepts them with open arms. I do too, <laughs> <laughs> because I've heard so many stories, especially from Flack, of you know he built that arcade in his in his backyard. He's like, "Come on in, son," and son is like, "Dad, can I just go play my my DS?" And that was the end of that. Well, you know, so, but you're giving it your best shot. So. Absolutely. Um, let's see other things, Amiga related things. Uh, Dreamcatcher put up probably my favorite article that he's done in a real long time about sub games, you know, games hidden within <laughs> games. Yes. And I've I always love stuff like that. Um, you know, I guess there's Space Invaders <laughs> is hidden in half a dozen Amiga games and uh there's even some um oh what was it? Was it a was it a Coco game that was hidden somewhere? It was some crazy kind of obscure or maybe it was a pet game, a Commodore pet game. That was hidden in one of these Amiga games. I like the fact that right in the middle of the article, there's an interview. <laughs> it's like, and here's an interview. <laughs> Which is, it's short and to the point, sustained to the point. I can imagine him pitching this interview. Mm. Less than I need two minutes of your time. 
we're going to talk about something that you've never talked about and no one cares about. Here we go. Right. And in actuality, now everyone's sort of like, after you read the article, you're like, oh, yeah, that's kind of neat. Who yeah. knew? Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's an awesome angle. So uh, be sure and check out uh, Dreamcatcher's article. Uh, and then finally, we have Chris Folds, uh, our newest Amigos contributor. Coming on board. He is uh, He's created a retro gaming <laughs> advent calendar. So yes. we're counting down the days to Christmas with different Christmas-themed video games. Some of these are... He's saving all the Amiga ones, the best ones, for last. But uh, he had a 2600... What was the 2600 game? Oh, God. It was like Frosty's Revenge or something like that. It was like something that. I've never heard of. Yeah, I looked at it, I was like, what the hell? And uh, the, today he had the Home Alone NES game, so... Oh. <laughs> That yeah, that's very clever. Yeah, I got to give Chris credit on that. That's a, it's a good idea. Yeah, and of course you can check all these things out on our blog at amigospodcast.com. Yeah, something I want to mention. Uh, it's not really news, but it, I, I find it amusing. Have you ever listened to the Amy Cast? I've heard bits and pieces of it. Um, the the guy that I don't know what country this is from. I believe they're from Poland. I, well, I, the, do you think uh, that's wrong? I don't know. I think you may be right. The newest episode, I like. I give this guy all the credit in the world. Number one, he's got an Amiga podcast, which is awesome. He's had some good stuff on there too. Uh, or they, I think, is it just one guy or a couple guys? There's, I think, there's more than one guy on there, but it might be a rotating. Cast. Yeah, I think so. Um, what I what I find very, um, it's I want to say uplifting or enjoyable, is that here's a guy whose English is obviously not his first language. And he, but he does the podcast in English, and I'm, I don't know if they do it in another language or not. I don't, I don't guess. They I think do. they just do it in English. And his guests this week, one was from Iceland, one was a, a Danish guy, and you've got it was like dueling accents. <laughs> and I was listening to this in the car, and they're talking about uh, Amoebian for the uh, for the for the uh, raspberry, raspberry Pi, Pi. Mm-hmm. and. <laughs> It was the interplay between these guys was so funny. And it, it's not just like, oh, look, listen to them wacky accents. I mean, they're pretty funny, these guys. So that if you want to hear something entertaining, it almost always is entertaining, it, even if you don't really, aren't really into what they're talking about. Uh, I would give that a that, – I'm going to give them a plug. <laughs> I was I'll always amused. I think that's the same place I heard about the uh, – American guy that was opening the Amiga store. Was right, like right. And I haven't heard Jack Squad about that ever since. Did you hear anything about it? Boy, I feel like the next news we're going to hear out of that guy is not going to be good. I, I looked at his storefront, and um, it was not compelling to me as an Amiga fan. Well, it was not so, It was not for classic Amiga stuff. Right. Though. That's, yeah, yeah. I mean, I wish him all the luck in the world because he is promoting, you know, this the the modern day successor to our beloved Amiga. I wonder if he's a, I wonder if he's actually opened the store and uh, and got it going. I don't know. I'm gonna look into that this week. That's okay. my man on the street interview. I'm gonna go out and try to find this guy and see what's going on. Okay. Because I want there to be an Amiga store somewhere in America. Yeah. I will drive up to that store. <laughs> One copy of. Isn't he up in Michigan or something? <laughs> yeah. You know, we could Road go trip. there. We could see the the Henry Ford Museum. Uh, sure, Marvin's home of mechanical oddities. It's the largest kind of um, 
what do you call those really old, like all the like Zoltar from Big and all those like animatronic? Oh yes, yes, those are tremendous. Yeah, the fortune tellers. Yeah, all that. The biggest museum of that in America is in Michigan. Oh really? Oh, that would be nice. Have you been there? I've never been there. How do you know that? I I made a trip. I made a plan in my mind to go there one time, but I never did. It's tough to get motivated to go up there in the winter. Yeah. It's tough enough in the summer. It's not a place this you want to be. This is Michigan we're talking yeah. about? Yeah. Hey, plenty of parking. That's true. That's <laughs> that true. state's emptied out pretty much. <laughs> Unfortunately. Hey, we know how you feel here in West Virginia, Michigan. We're, we're right there with you. <laughs> um, so uh, that's it. Not, not a whole lot of news this week in the yeah. Omega front. Holiday season. There are a couple games on the forefront. I think there's one that was called like Ego Fighters. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ego, like E-G-O? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. In the vein of, of a Battle Squadron sort of a game or a, uh, uh, you know, like an R-Type, something like that. Um, I saw some video of it. It looked pretty good. I think it's still in beta. Uh, there's another game that's coming out, but it's it's not even in beta yet, so I'm easy to talk about it. So there's a couple things coming out that are new, uh, but, uh, you know, really pretty slow month mm-hmm. you know, for classic Amiga stuff. Um, well, let's just jump right into the game then. All right. Let me unfurl my scroll here. So this is the first real flight sim that we've done. We've done games where you fly <laughs> an airplane. Uh, the two that come to mind are both Cinemaware games. Uh, you fly an airplane in both wings and it came from the desert. Yes. <laughs> Poorly in one than the other, <laughs> that's for sure. Um, so F-18, F-A-18 Interceptor. And we pondered what the F and the A meant, and I still don't know. Flight attendant. <laughs> Interceptor. Now, that's my kind of game. That's in the third disc of Bar that's game. The, yeah, I was going to say, that's the sequel. Uh, so this bad boy came out in 88. Uh, one disc, by the way. Yeah, I was amazed by that when yeah, I got yeah, the yeah. ADF. Um, it, uh, the guy, the brain behind it, the guy that really pretty much did the game was a guy named Bob... Dinnerman. Now, what do you know him from? He had one, what I would call, epically awesome arcade game that he did. Can you okay. name it? The, um, I, I'll tell you right now that Dinnerman is a name that I would remember, so I've not heard of him, but give me a hint about what the game is, and maybe I can guess it. Um, it was based, it was a second arcade game based on a major movie. Um, What's called eighty four, and it's had a sequel that was released in the past five years. Oh wow, six years maybe. Um, Willow. <laughs> oh, Willow didn't have a sequel. Ah, oh, you're right. Although I hear there's a remake or a sequel to work. It's one that one is yeah. coming. I don't know what is it. Discs of Tron. Okay, okay. Discs of freaking Tron. This is he the guy. Dinnerman. Now, I'm a big fan of Discs of Tron. Now. Uh, a short sidebar. When I lived in Lexington, and I was crazed with arcade fever and flushed with money. <laughs> well, I wasn't. I was flushed, <laughs> flushing my future on the toilet to buy an arcade machine. There was a place nearby that sold arcade machines. They had an environmental disc of Tron. Oh, yeah. Now, if you know anything about the arcade scene, you know that this is a highly coveted yep. game. Yeah. Well, back in them days, it was not highly coveted. Because it was the size of a, of a smaller home. <laughs> you could live inside an environmental disc of An environmental disc of Tron is a game where you stand up in it. It's a massive game. And it doesn't come apart. It's one piece. One piece. I had a plan. 
a stupid plan that this game would sit in my living room. That's the plan. Because <laughs> my house wasn't that big. I had nowhere to put it. So this would be my new living room. Mm-hmm. Hey, everybody, come in. This is Dissatron. <laughs> you should have put it like right in your entryway so no, you would have to walk There was no entryway. <laughs> that The door came into my living room. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, because I already had a Tron at the time. Really? That I was working on. Yeah. Man. Yeah. yeah. I know, man. I know, but the Tron was it. That's a whole other story. I'm not going to get into that. But this Citron was awesome. So I think they wanted $600 for it, which is a lot, but not now. It's no, that's a steal now. And I was literally, had the money. Mm-hmm. The problem I had was I could not find a vehicle that could move discs of Tron. Yeah. That if anyone I knew. You'd almost have to rent a moving van. And the other problem was it would not fit through my front door. Mm. It was too large. And so my options were to cut it in half, which some people have done, or, or not buy it. Or cut a bigger hole for your front door. Well, I thought about cutting the back door off. Yeah. I was insane. <laughs> Did you not have a, like a sliding, any like sliding no, glass I didn't, door I did not, nothing like that? This thing was big. Mm-hmm. You should look up the dimensions on it. Anyway, um, so this guy had a pedigree in the arcade. He worked for Bally Midway uh, for a while. So anyway, 88, like we said, um, I read an interview with this fellow. He was approached uh, to to work on a, a flight simulator. At the time, he had been pondering what could be done in the realm of 3D, you know, a polygonal or whatnot. Mm-hmm. So when he was offered this job, he jumped on it, and he really, he really got into it, you know. And so... The end result was FA-18 Interceptor. Um, the uh, <laughs> I would say it's amongst the most beloved flight simulators on the, mm-hmm. on the machine, which I honestly wouldn't have known until after, until after researching it. So why don't you, since you have a little more on the, on the ball about flight simulators, explain to the audience how exactly this works. Well, um, it's... Very, you know, when you when you start the game, you have a bunch of different options. So you can either fly you know, like a free flight. Well, the first option is just a demo. You can watch the plane from all the different angles. You know, you can you, the plane will fly itself. Or yes, you I can, needed that. <laughs> that was my favorite option. Or you can select what's called free flight, where you choose where to take off from, and you can just fly around and have a ball. It's a great way to get used to the controls and things like that. Yes. Then you have different training missions. You have a maneuverability training, and then you also have some combat training. Um, these are difficult. In I've got some questions. I've got some questions for you about these training. Let's stop right there. So, the first mission is they give you a little demo of a of a barrel roll and a loop de loop, a couple of those fairly not super complicated mm. maneuvers. And the guy says, "Listen." You're going to go up in the air. You're going to follow this plane. He And you're going to mimic what he does. Right, right. <clears throat> Sounds easy, right? So, to start off with, I'm on the runway. He's on the runway. You're in a jet, mind you. Mm-hmm. He wasn't moving. So, I thought, should I wait for this guy? <laughs> so, I got sick of waiting finally and just hit F10, full throttle. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then he took off. So, But that was weird. That is weird. And then... I tried to follow this guy, and <laughs> I couldn't. It was hell of a to follow him. There's no, like, 
<clears throat> like I got spoiled by say like Wing Commander, mm-hmm. where you could hit the button to match speed, and then all you had to really do was sort of steer. Yeah, yeah. Not this. Yeah. <laughs> no, mm-hmm. or altitude, mm-hmm. or you know, level all. No, screw that. All that. The and, only thing you have is your map, your overhead map, and that and, sucks. Yeah, mm-hmm. and there, and and the landscape is bleak. Mm-hmm. If you know what I'm saying, there's not a whole lot of landmarks and, unless you you're in the city proper. Mm-hmm. It's green, right, or blue. Mm-hmm. So, how did you do on the initial? Um, testing of the maneuvers. I did not pass the maneuvers. Did test. you pass any of them? No. Okay. No. Good. I don't feel it was bad. hard. It was hard, and I didn't want to do it anymore, <clears throat> so I didn't. I tried and tried and tried and tried and tried. I tried. I followed this sucker around because I figured, you know, uh, in maybe on the. I of course, you know, I have a cracked copy. On the original copy, don't don't you have to pass those before they let you enter the missions yes. proper? Yes, yes. And so mine so, let me do the missions, thankfully. Otherwise, it'd be a short review. Right, right. Um, the uh, the thing about it is, I eventually got to, good enough at it to where I could I could get right up on the guy, pretty close. I thought, mm-hmm. but I mean, this isn't one of those games where you can just I play it with a keyboard. Okay, it's not a game where you can just kind of. All right, zoom up on him. Okay, I'm right beside him. Uh, I'll just watch him do his thing. No, you're always having to adjust yeah, the speed. Yeah, yeah. The it's altitude. a two hand on the keyboard game. Oh yeah, man. Mm-hmm. And I could never get him to actually do a maneuver. I never saw him do anything. <laughs> and I'm like you. I tried and tried. I was like, okay, training is not for me. I'm going to be one of those twenty minute types and mm-hmm. just throw me in the cockpit, and take off. Now, go ahead with your description. Okay. So you, there are a couple different <laughs> missions. One is that you've got to just identify uh, another vessel, another uh, ship. So you take off and you go and you, you check it out. And once you identify it, you make your way back to the you know, where you took off from. <laughs> okay. So uh, <laughs> Let's stop right there. <laughs> so how did you do on mission number one, the... Go and identify the enemy aircraft. Mission. I was never able to fully identify. I, I was never able to 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 trigger that. Wow, I did better at this than you, didn't I? So I could fly. Let's let's explain the radar, okay? You've got a forty mile HUD mm-hmm. that can be ranged down. I think two miles. Is think, that okay? As low as it'll go. Uh, so you and this is not a modern flight simulator where you say okay, set a waypoint there, and then I think he's and here's a, there's a little tiny speck mm-hmm. on the screen and you go towards the speck, and so what I did was I and I got this on the first mission first time, drove out, saw my aircraft carrier on the left, you know swung it over the right, <clears throat> sure enough here's a MIG, all right, so. I saw him. It's a target identified. Return to base. All right. Spun that sucker around. And then I ran into the problem that haunted me throughout the game. Where the hell was my base? Where the <laughs> hell's anything? You know? Because I look at this radar and it's just dots. Mm-hmm. Little dots. And there are multiple places to land. Yeah. But your base is amongst them. Right. And I should pay more attention, I guess. Now, I found out later there's a... A command will basically take you to the nearest tower, I mm-hmm. believe, which would have helped. Mm-hmm. But I had a hell of a time finding my base. Well, and then on the first mission, as I'm careening around lost, 
Mig blows me out of the sky. <laughs> so I, I didn't do well on the first mission. Now go ahead. Okay. Now, so you didn't pass the first no, mission either. No. The second mission, I think, is the that's the actual intercept, right? I think that's the second. It's the second one where they've shot at Air Force One, and they've damaged it. And you I have think to, that's right. Okay. <clears throat> so, uh, how did you do? <laughs> I didn't play this one. You didn't play that mission. No, I, I skipped it. It didn't sound interesting. I got blown up a lot. Um, you ha- your your aircraft is equipped with countermeasures, jam- radar jammers, and um, what called chaff. Right to mm-hmm. to throw off the missiles. <laughs> I think I may have shot the guy a couple of times. You know how you toggle through your weapons. Mm-hmm. There's a lot going on. Yeah, you know, and yeah. and and the f- it doesn't seem like they laid the keys out in a way that is conducive to having both hands on the keyboard at the same time. Well, because I was always my hands were always more of in a vertical position, and that might just be a. Well, like if you look at the 500 keyboard, um, the the keys, well, they're a little bit more spread out. But like my arrow keys and my PC keyboard are right above where I was on the other things. So. Well, you know, the uh, I was reading, I was reading the instruction manual for this, and it mentions that it you, it has joystick support. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. I, did, I tried joystick, it didn't work. But I can't imagine playing this with a joystick. How you could pop, you'd have to be an octopus. Yeah. You know. Now that said, again, this is a simple flight simulator. We just suck. If I may we speak for you, we don't have. <clears throat> this is not where our strength lies. No. So that said, I got good enough to where I could take off, gain altitude, go to a waypoint, find the bad guy, engage the bad guy, and then get slaughtered. Mm-hmm. That's about as good as I could get. <clears throat> I uh, I played a lot of free flight. Uh, I've tried to fly under the bridge, right? Mm-hmm. Who doesn't, right? Mm-hmm. That's an old flight simulator, mm-hmm. Microsoft flight simulator gimmick. And uh, I hit the bridge. <laughs> I've never <laughs> successfully. Of course, I was at full throttle almost every time. Mm-hmm. You can did go, you ever eject? I don't. I, I never did. I just said to heck with it. Um, the funny thing about the jet you're in, I tried both jets. Could you tell the difference? I only tried the one. I only did the F. I tried both. Mm-hmm. And... One thing I like about this game, which just can't be realistic, is that you can fly a hundred feet off the ground and, and just and mock as fast as you can get this thing, <laughs> and you're just tearing through, man. And it's so fun. I even read online where you can actually skip <clears throat> off the ground like a stone. You know, oh, go really? and hit it, and something else that I find interesting. Again, I am not a pilot. Stunning. However, when you torque the engines and shoot straight up in the air, you pick up altitude like you wouldn't believe it's just like like a rocket <laughs> right and I, I don't know if that's a uh, if that's actually real <laughs> i mean because gravity would kill you wouldn't it if you went that fast straight up yeah i, I can't imagine that <laughs> i think that you'd have less wind resistance going straight you know and picking up speed than going straight up it, and down and picking up speed that was one of my favorite things to do i'd go as low as i could and i would just turn that thing up and go bam like a like a rocket mm-hmm. you know Tooling now, around in the jet was fun. I did like that you could see the sun. You could fly towards sure. the sun. And, and and unlike Wings, for example, or other Lord, uh, Knights of the Skies, and when it comes to mine, or uh, uh, Battle of Britain, I would stall those planes and wreck them all mm-hmm. the time. Yeah. Modern jet, you can usually recover pretty right. simply. Mm-hmm. You know, so I like that. Um, 
now that we've nitpicked, let me tell you what stuff I did like about the game, which I liked a lot. The very first time you pick your starting position and the computer zooms from a global map mm-hmm. onto the tarmac and, and shows your plane, that is freaking unbelievable. It's very, very <clears throat> impressive. One of the most impressive graphical things I've ever I, seen on the Amiga. I mean, and it's smooth as silk, too. I it mean, was very no- reminiscent of Elite or something where they do that stuff where they come from space. Mm-hmm. Go. But this is something... And the camera's rotating as it zooms. and You know, it's amazing, given the fact that this is the old school, you know, this is not the new stuff, and the fact that this would run a 512 machine, Mm -hmm. and this is not the Amiga strong suit, you know. Right, 3D is not what it does Um, best. I was blown away. I really was. The uh, exterior views of your plane, outstanding. Mm Mm-hmm. it had a lot of the things you would find in a modern flight simulator, uh, modern by my standards. The uh, the sound effects were great. Yeah, they must have gotten these off real jets, mm-hmm. I guess. Just, I mean, like I don't know. I don't know if it, it'd be interesting to know if there was somehow some or maybe movie, or, movie jets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, come to think of it, I think I did read somewhere that they. They took the sounds from the engines directly off Top Gun. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think I read. It seems like I read that somewhere. Um, the uh, the landing was not easy, as in I, I could never land. On the few times that I actually found a place to land, and often I would go up and I would search for where I was supposed to go. And I'd be like, "The hell with it! I'm just going to land at the nearest thing I could find." Mm-hmm. That aircraft carrier, forget about landing on that That was thing. the first thing that I did. I was like, "I'm going to land on the carrier." <clears throat> well, yeah. I, one thing I didn't know about until I looked at the docks. Was to deploy the hook. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whoops. <laughs> that probably would have helped, you know. Um, this has, you know, rudder control, air brakes, thrusters. I never used that stuff all, you know. <laughs> really? Because to me, that was how, like, using the rudder was the only way I could actually, like, get set on track and not just be constantly weaving back and forth. I weave. I pretty much weave, but I could, I could tail a guy pretty easily. Mm-hmm. You know, I played a lot of wings mm-hmm. where you don't have any of that stuff. So this is, I will say, if you're coming, if you're coming at the Amiga, and you're like, man, I need a flight simulator, and and you're coming off a game like Wings, this is the next logical progression. Yeah, it makes sense. Makes yeah. sense. Um, I like the fact that the four missions that you know that are offered to you are very varied. It's not just four <laughs> combat missions or four things where you got to go blow something up. Right. Um, I liked. The, I really think that I wish that there would have been more color on the ground. I know that it's, you know, to make it more realistic, they probably think that it should have just been green. But it would have been nice to just have something else going on, some farmland or something like that. Well, um, there are some there are some landmarks. Uh, did you ever go into the you know, the city proper, I guess? Yeah. They had Alcatraz. Oh, really? They had the Golden Gate. Um, I, I didn't see it, but I read that you could, you could go past the EA... Headquarters. Okay. Which I've, I'd heard that before, and mm-hmm. it, this is the game, right? Which I thought was cool. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I didn't see any of that stuff, so I take that back. That's an unfair criticism. Well, everywhere else it's much bleaker. Mm-hmm. You know, and the Golden Gate, like I said, it's got stuff that you can ram around and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, it's got six missions, and then I found out later there are six, like six more hidden missions or four that you can get to. Um, this game has a rep for having an, an um, no way to beat it. 
the the last the last uh, mission has you going after a submarine, and apparently the submarine can't be blown up. <laughs> I listen. I read an interview with See the old impossible mission thing. All and, well, over again. I read an interview with Dinnerman. Right? He said while the sub can't be blown up graphically, you can destroy it and win the, and win the mission. Um, he's not. He doesn't remember exactly how. <laughs> he thinks you take out the guns, mm-hmm. a certain amount of guns on it. Um, but uh, so that's sort of a criticism. And then I read that you could do a bunch of wacky stuff in this that you couldn't possibly do in real life. There's a way you could actually make your plane fly backwards. Really? <laughs> if you do it right, <laughs> which I thought was funny. Um, apparently. Skimming across the ground about an inch from the ground is not realistic. <laughs> what? Yeah, I know. You just do that all the time. <laughs> I know, man. Um, the enemies aren't really named in this, but they're red on the radar screen. And they're driving MIGs. You do the math. Mm. It's got to be the commies. Right, right. Uh, but you never go, they're a terrorist group or mm. whatever. Um, so, but I mean, I guess that's politically correct. I'm not the, you know, not, not the mission. He wanted to sell this thing in, uh, in, in Russia. Exactly. So, um, they were, uh, you were usually the aircraft uh, are MiG 29s, if that means anything to anybody. Um, so, <clears throat> pardon my incredibly sinking voice, folks, but uh, it's been a long week, a lot of talking. <laughs> but overall, um, graphically impressive. Um, audio is good, the music, again, there's only that one little tune. Mm-hmm. It's a it, nice tune. It only plays if you got a Meg or more, which we I heard it, yeah. I'm sure you did. Uh, it's okay. I'm not going to add it to a collection. This game ain't about music, really. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, but overall, I thought it was pretty good. Is it a game I could get good at? Eh, maybe. I mean, I maybe could. I feel like if this if this was you know one of the few games that I had, and I really you know I really got into you know full controls of the aircraft, and uh, I I feel like I. The the thing that separates this from other flight simulators that that I've played is that sometimes I'll play a flight simulator and I'll be like, I could play this ten hours a day and still never get good at it. I feel like I could see the light at the end of the tunnel with this, you know, given given some time. You know what irritates me about it? There was a time that I could actually play a flight simulator. What was that one? F fifteen Strike Eagle was that what it was called? I used to play the quite quite a bit of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and a few others of that ilk. Um, uh, what was the other one? It was a chopper game I used to play a lot of. Another one, A-10 Tank Killer. I played that. I had more acumen than I do now. I just don't have it. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, so, but anyway, a good, simple flight simulator with some above, way above par graphics, for sure. Uh, and fun. And like I said, just touring around the plane. I had a good time doing that. Uh, Review-wise, this thing got real good reviews. Newsflash. Um, mostly 80s to 90s. Um, it uh, it scored well. I'm not surprised. I'm sure back then it was even more impressive, you know, because I'm not sure you'd ever seen something like that on the Amiga at the time. It had, uh, if it wasn't the first flight simulator on the Amiga, it had to be one of the first, <laughs> right? And uh, it's, again, it, it's crazy how diverse those early EA titles were. I mean, um, you know, this was the same studio that just years before brought you, you know, Jordan versus Bird and, you know, the movie creator, music creator, all that pinball construction set. Um, EA I, really had a lot of a lot of stuff going on in the It's 80s. funny. I think Madden changed EA 
completely and permanently. Yeah, and you know? for the worse. Well, I mean, they publish everything, they don't they? I bet you, I bet you could name twenty games that came out in the past five years that from me that you probably like. Me too. Yeah, you know, that's the thing. They 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 own everything. You know, it's tough. Um, speaking of owning, <clears throat> I looked this up on eBay. Um, both sides of the pond had it. Uh, twenty bucks shift, pretty much U.S. dollars on both sides. Disc a few bucks cheaper without the box, readily available. So. This is one of the ones that you can get pretty cheap and pretty easy. Uh, and I've seen it go even cheaper than that. Mm. So if you're looking to buy it, you know, it emulates a little rough, as e- as Bo could attest. Yeah. You want to uh, talk about that? So the W8, I couldn't get any of the ADFs to work at all. Um, yeah, I, I'd get, I've tried it with multiple configurations. The, the workbench loads up. Uh, it will either not run at all or some of the ADFs flash between a yellow screen and a gray screen. Um, so the WHG load version does work, but it will crash anywhere between 30 seconds and 10 minutes into the game. So there was never a time where I played this game for more than 10 minutes at a stretch. Uh, if you look at our Twitch archives, you can see that. <laughs> um, so, uh, luckily Aaron's got it on his machine, so we'll be able yep. to do the live stream on his. I didn't have any trouble on the 12 and, uh. I will be uh, live streaming this thing as uh, soon as possible. Cool. <laughs> um, so uh, let's go ahead and thank our our lovely Patreon sponsors, uh, including our um, we got Jason Warens, Graham Vebke, Rob O'Hara, Paul Harrington, Laurent Giroux. Uh, Laurent Giroux has the power up. He's upgraded his uh, support to an Amigo super fan, and we appreciate that. Super Thank fan. you, Laurent. Uh, we've got Jonas Rulo, Colbjorn <coughs> Barman, Tapes from the Crypt, Adam Bradley, Chris Folds, Will Williams, Daniel Bingston, O'Brien's Retro and Vintage, Chad Halstead, and Brent Dowdy. If you'd like to support the Amigos podcast, you can check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Amigos podcast. Aaron, I've already got a game for us next week. Okay, lay it on me. We're going to play a game called Hostages. Have you heard of this game before? Did you ever play Golgo 13 or Top Secret Episode on the original Nintendo? Yes. This is the Amiga version of that. Oh, God. (laughs) Okay, I know there was one. Yeah, okay. So this was uh, suggested by Mr. Folds. That's an oddball. And uh, I looked at the video, and it's Top Secret Episode for the Amiga. Okay, well, I'll give it a shot. Yeah, so we'll do that, and we'll see you next week. Until then, adios. adios.